Hey, really quick before we start the podcast, if you're a returning listener, we would ask that you would do us a favor and rate and review the show. We are not big at asking these things, but we're really working hard to get our podcast in the top of the health and nutrition category, not just the top 100. And I think this takes less than a minute to drop that rating and review. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it and love you for a really long time. All right, guys, let's dive in and start the show. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Happy Monday. Hello, everyone. Hopefully. Monday. You know what I'm excited about, actually? I like football season. Like, I'm, I was thinking about how I'm really sad summer's over. I, you know, I don't know if anyone ever, oh God, what's the name of the person? I don't know. It's someone on TikTok. But I follow them, and it's a guy that acts like a mom a lot of times, and he does oh, these videos. Yes. I, he's hilarious. And he's sitting on the couch during one of them, and he's like, babe i'm just so sad that summer's over and like the kids are going to be going back to school and then it shows a clip and she's at the bottom of the stairs kids get downstairs and put your shoes on (laughs) (laughs) it's total chaos i don't know this week has just been a wild ride for both of us i texted becca last night and i said marcus is driving me insane like he's just in a phase right now where he doesn't know what he wants and he's like not happy about something. But then two seconds later is like really happy about the same thing. He just wasn't happy about. I'm like, what is going on? And yesterday he was driving his Jeep and I actually thought of you guys. He's driving his Jeep, but he's like forgetting that he knows how to drive his Jeep, like running into things. And I'm like, please just don't run into anybody's car. You guys, I posted on my stories. I am, Carson rode his tricycle down our driveway like two months ago and he was going too fast and he couldn't stop and he ran into our neighbor's car who was parked across the street at basically across the street from the end of our driveway and he hit the front of their car and it left like a tiny tiny dent and a small scratch it cost a thousand dollars to fix I can't and we couldn't go through insurance because they had just had a comp claim a week prior to that and the one thing the one thing that bothers me just a little bit is they went to Gerber Collision and Glass for like an estimate, which is not cheap. Like I, yeah. again, we paid it. I'm not saying I'm happy to pay it. Like I was willing to pay it. Obviously it was our fault. I do not fault them at all. But like, can you go somewhere else and get another estimate? Cause I feel like it was probably way more than it should have been. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the situation still. I'm just not sure that I would be okay with that because yeah, I don't know. I mean, is a lot like, of money for a little scratch. It was so small. It was such a small. Like I went to go look for it because I didn't see it happen. Nick saw it happen. I went to go look for it on their car one day, and I was like, I don't know if I can even tell where it is. Yeah. Like that's how small it was. Yeah, that's not. Cool. And I just wrote them in a thousand dollar check yesterday. Yeah. Oh God, the joys of parenting. Yeah. Anyways, yep. well, hopefully okay. everybody's having a great Monday morning. I just have to t- say that I'm sitting here. On a Thursday afternoon, drinking the Citrus Blast energy drink. I want one. They're here. They're ready for you. Um, so 
if you guys have not tried the energy drinks from First Form, the Citrus Blast to me tastes like a squirt. The cherry lime, it's definitely sweet, but it was really good. Those are the only two flavors I've tried. Um, and so, yeah, we're just full of energy today. Rainbows and sunshines and all the bubbles what? over here. We are here to talk about sleep and how sleep impacts our weight, how your gut impacts your sleep, and all the things related to our circadian rhythm because we need to make sure that all of you guys are getting good, restful sleep, waking up, feeling amazing, ready to attack your day, especially on a Monday, because mm-hmm. I enjoy Mondays, actually. I do, too. I, I'll be honest. Like, I was talking to someone the other day about, and I posted on my stories about this, like, I really like my life. I like my weeks. I love our work. I love my structure during the week. I like the weekends, too, because I get to spend a lot of time with the kids. Like, I really enjoy Mondays and just in general, like, life. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud to say that, that we have created a life that I love. I don't need to go on. I mean, yeah, vacations are nice and all that stuff's nice, but like, I don't need it. I'm happy in my day to day. Yeah. Maybe just a break sometimes, but you know, let's be honest. Vacation as a mom is never a break. You're just parenting somewhere else in a different location. Um, But anyways, so circadian rhythm obviously is, is also more than just sleep too. You know, like it is our entire biological clock. It is the master clock of the body. Um, And so the master clock of the circadian rhythm technically is in the brain. Um, And so super, I hate big words. Why did science have to be big words? Some of them are uh, also very similar to each other. And it's like, could Mm -hmm. you not make these at least a little bit different? The suprachiasmatic nucleus. That's what I was trying to say, which no one cares. No one cares what that word is. Anyways, also known as the SCM. This is basically the structure in the brain, and it is influenced and impacted by light forms, mainly sunlight. Um, And we also have additional peripheral body clocks that are located in other organs, like, for example, your liver, your pancreas. And these other clocks are influenced mainly by food together these like internal timekeepers in your body create our circadian rhythm and that rhythm affects things like your sleep wake cycle, your hormone balance, your metabolic function. And so there's actually some research we're going to be referencing throughout this because there is so much research around this. Um, A major review found that short sleep duration increased the likelihood of obesity by 89% in children. Your children need sleep we need to get them on good sleep cycles and 55% in adults. And that is most likely due to hunger hormone impact, hunger, hunger hormone impacts with ghrelin and leptin. So ghrelin, we all know, we've talked about it a bunch, hormone released in the stomach signals hunger. Okay. So levels are high before you eat, should be lower after you eat. Leptin is, is influenced by, I'm sorry, leptin is a hormone that is released by fat cells, suppresses hunger, signals fullness in the brain. When you don't get enough sleep, body makes more hunger hormone, makes less fullness hormone. So you get hungry, you don't get full as easily. And you tend to crave a lot of things too. Carbs and sugar mainly because you're looking for Mm -hmm. glucose, right? Because you haven't been well rested and you are looking for energy to keep you going throughout the day. Um, But there's also other studies that show that your resting metabolic rate, um, which is the number of calories that your body burned just completely at rest, like you're laying on the couch all day, you're not doing anything. Um, This is impacted by your age, your weight, your height, your sex, obviously, and then your muscle mass. Um, But research indicates that sleep deprivation may lower this uh, resting metabolic 
awake rate. So there was one study where 15 men were kept awake for 24 hours. And afterwards, their resting metabolic rate was 5% lower than after a normal night's sleep. And their metabolic rate after eating was 20% lower. So it can definitely overall lower the amount of calories that you are burning throughout the day. So let's talk about what can go wrong when our circadian rhythm uh, is disrupted. And so we're going to give you guys some tips too to improve your internal clock and circadian rhythm, but we want to talk about kind of what gets dysregulated in the body so that you can understand and be able to identify whether or not you need to start making, you know, some of these changes. And before we dive into this, I would just want to preference, you know, these are general tips. Uh, this is not medical advice. If you are somebody who has been struggling with insomnia or you've been struggling with you know, sleep issues for a long period of time, you need to work with somebody one-on-one. You need to get to the root cause of what's going on. And you'll learn a little bit more here in a few minutes about your gut and how that impacts uh, your sleep as well. But Taking supplements and taking, let's say, for somebody who thinks that is, you know, their hormones that are throwing things off, HRT, for example, that's not a fix. That's not a solution uh, to the root cause problem. That's a band aid solution. And so, just a disclaimer there before you know we go into this. I think a lot can be done with your lifestyle and your nutrition, of course, but sometimes there are different protocols that need to be implemented to really attack that root cause issue and help you get to a place where your body can balance this naturally. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the number one thing is hormone dysregulation. So one major place we see a dysregulated circadian rhythm show up, like I just mentioned, is our hunger hormones. One night of poor sleep can cause a 30% increase in your hunger levels. So we start to underproduce that satiety hormone, overproduce the hunger hormone. You also tend to see higher levels of cortisol after a poor night of sleep. So cortisol also drives a lot of times for people cravings or endless hunger or just overall levels of fatigue, which tend to make people want to eat to try to get energy throughout the day. Um, the the stress impact from lack of sleep is probably one of the most detrimental there is. Um, I actually saw a post yesterday that was like, um, me thinking that I can survive on six hours of sleep and caffeine. And then it showed, uh, the, what's the girl's name from that movie? Har- the girl that was the, everyone's was for Halloween. Hardy. No. Um, Oh, Trish. she had the pigtails, the colorful yes. pigtails yeah. from suicide squad. Yeah. I know you're talking about, you, everyone knows what I'm talking about, but it's basically her walking with the bat on her back. And it's like my stress hormones going to wreak havoc on my thyroid. Um, because we don't think about like, when I don't sleep, okay, now I have all of these other dysregulated patterns that are going on. My stress is up. That hormone is then impacting my ability to digest and absorb food, my gut, my thyroid capability, my metabolic function. Like we just look at it as, oh, I can't get enough sleep. Like there's so many other downstream effects. Um, so your certain neurotransmitters that can result in higher levels of body fat, substantially slowing down our metabolic rate, decreasing overall energy levels. So I will say that circadian rhythm and cortisol are very tightly related to um, poor sleep is one of the main parts of adrenal fatigue. And then it becomes a very vicious cycle because people are exhausted, but they have horrible sleep. They can't sleep and they're tired. That is this adrenal situation that we have going on with our stress hormones and at blood sugar levels, and it is just, it's chaos. It's horrible for people. It's like that tired and wired feeling, and then you stress Mm -hmm. because you're trying to sleep, and you're stressed about 
not sleeping and having to be up, you know, in a few hours, it just makes things even worse. So let's talk a little bit about the gut. Um, You know, we've been talking a lot on the podcast recently about gut and hormones and poop. One of our clients today, she was so funny. She's like, I've been listening. The more and more that you guys talk about poop, the more and more I'm evaluating. And I'm like, I think I need to fix my poop. (laughs) I'm like, I love you. Um, But it's, you know, so we talked about the master body clock, right? The SCN and the peripheral clocks in our liver and our pancreas. Those have long been considered primary regulators of our circadian rhythm. However, there's new research um, that has recently discovered that the cells in the intestines also undergo circadian rhythms. So intestinal cell circadian rhythm influence your gut motility, which is the downward push for you to have a bowel movement. It also impacts your nutrient absorption and in turn your metabolism as well as cell proliferation. So turning over of cells, generation and creation of new cells, detoxification, all of those things. And so the perturbation of circadian rhythm caused by abnormal sleep and wake cycles renders our intestinal cells more vulnerable to, to injury. So considering this information, it's not surprising that research has found circadian rhythm disruption to be linked to GI distress and diseases such as IBS um, and cancer. So it's important to understand that the microbes in and of themselves, they have their own circadian rhythm. So the collection of uh, microbes that reside in your gut and undergo their own circadian rhythm happens every 24 hours. And this involves changes in the location of these gut microbiomes as well within your intestines, fluctuations in uh, their adherence to the intestinal walls, and then variations in their production of metabolites, such as short-chain fatty acids, which also impact our gene expression and biochemical pathways. So I know this is getting a bit sciencey here, but it's really important to understand that we've talked about this before, all diseases begin in the gut. Think about it this way. You do two things in life to build your body up. Number one is you eat. And you need to absorb those nutrients to basically take that energy and get it into the cells to be utilized properly for your body to function well. The second thing that you do is you sleep. And if your sleep is dysregulated and your GI is a mess and your gut is a mess, we're malnourished, we're cranky, and there's a ton of burden on the body. And so it's just important to understand that our circadian rhythm of our gut microbiome basically affects everything. So... Mm -hmm. If your gut's off, maybe get some help. Yep. So next thing is decreased muscle mass. Um, so when you get poor sleep, you actually ha- there's research that shows this. One week of poor or inadequate sleep resulted in a 15% decrease in testosterone in males. Not only that, but one of the main parts of our body that suffers from a disrupted circadian rhythm is our cell's mitochondria. So we all know those are kind of like the powerhouse, power generators of the cells. So when our circadian rhythm is off, it makes the mitochondria actually more susceptible to damage. And this is because of the reduction in melatonin. So everyone knows melatonin is like your sleep hormone, but it is not only a sleep hormone. Um, It's actually a powerful antioxidant within the body. Um, If you have a lot of free radicals, if you have a lot of heavy oxidative stress levels going on, you want to have high levels of melatonin because it is one of the only substances that can actually penetrate inside of the mitochondria and help fight free radicals that otherwise do damage to our cellular energy production. So 
again, guys, this is like what we talk about all the time. You cannot isolate things. This is a cascade effect of things. If you are not sleeping, if you are not having a healthy gut, melatonin is predominantly created in the gut. If you do not, if you have leaky gut, you tend to have poor sleep and low levels of melatonin, which in turn results in low energy because your cells are not functioning properly. And so again, cascade effect, all of these things start to happen. So when these get damaged, we walk around feeling fatigued, worn down, low motivation, usually see a decrease in performance, a decrease in results. All of these things start to happen because we are not getting good sleep. We are not taking care of our gut and our hormones get all over the place. Yep. And one of the biggest things that impacts this is our blood sugar regulation or dysregulation, right? There's a lot of research and a lot of studies, and we've already referenced some of them, um, that prove disrupted sleep and circadian rhythm patterns negatively affect your glucose tolerance um, and increase the possibility of developing insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. And so one study actually showed, again, just one week of sleep restriction caused a pre-diabetic state in young, healthy adults, meaning that the lack of quality of sleep can cause more blood sugar dysregulation than your diet alone. But the other piece here is that we need to make sure that we are eating enough. We are eating regular balanced meals. We'll talk about that uh, when we get to some tips, but good, adequate protein evenly spaced throughout the day and giving your body the nutrients that it needs to keep blood sugar levels stable is critical. So we've talked about this analogy before in terms of like a fire, right? Like if you were a Girl Scout, you ever started a fire, you know that uh, you have kindling to get your fire started and then eventually the big logs catch on and they burn for hours, typically overnight. Like if you've ever gone camping, you wake up, you still see a little bit of the residue from the logs still burning. So this is what we can you know, contribute to food. If you think about your carbohydrates as that kindling, they burn pretty quickly, right? They go out. But what we can see with carbohydrates, excuse me, protein and fat, those are the things that get those big logs uh, burning and keep them burning for hours on end. So this is between your meals and this is also overnight. So if you are not eating enough protein and enough good dietary fats throughout the day, you're typically riding this blood sugar roller coaster. If you're starting your morning with just black coffee, uh, you're setting yourself up for a disaster in terms of your blood sugar the rest of the day. And so that's why we always talk about coffee with food or after breakfast and starting your day with 30 to 40 grams of protein, trying to space that out with your meals, getting 30 to 40 grams of protein. Guys, like it is critical if you want to support your blood sugar levels and keep them stable throughout the day and throughout the night, that you're eating the right things in the right balance and staying on a pretty consistent, obviously you're not going to eat at the same time, 1 PM every single you know day, but trying to get yourself into a good routine that will support your circadian rhythm as well. Yep. Harley Quinn, by the way, that was her name. Anyways, I had to think about it. I love how you're like, you know, that one girl from that one movie and you're nodding your head because we're podcasting on zoom today and I'm looking at you like, yeah, that one movie, what movie is that? (laughs) Suicide squad. I couldn't think of it. Anyways. Um, neurotransmitters. So ever have a really poor night of sleep and wake up and you're like anxious and worried and you have no motivation to do anything, you're easily irritated, difficulty focusing, fatigue, you want to fall asleep at 1 p.m., you tend to feel like the weight goes up really high after a poor night of sleep, you step on the scale and you're like, um, where did those three pounds come from? It's from inflammation, from 
poor sleep causes immediate inflammation within the body, um, restless mind, persistent feelings of like tension, like your body feels tight and achy. Um, all of those things are driven by neurotransmitters. Some key ones get impacted way more by lack of sleep and a disrupted circadian rhythm. Serotonin, our mood and joy, dopamine, your motivation, drive, stress, orexin, energy and wakefulness. We love orexin. You can control a lot of it with protein intake consistently throughout the day. GABA, relaxation and calming, and then acetylcholine, which is cognitive function. So it's a pretty rough day when you're not having your neurotransmitters producing at optimal levels, right? And guess what impacts that? Proper sleep, healthy gut, all of those things play a role. So how do we improve circadian rhythm? Like those are the things that can go wrong. We don't want those things going wrong. When we discuss how to improve circadian rhythm, if you want to think about it in terms of the inverse is probably how it got bad. The inverse is probably what is causing a poor circadian rhythm situation. So we'll talk about how to improve it. But if you want to know why it's haywire, think you might be doing the opposite of a lot of these things. Yep. So number one thing that you can do to improve your sleep is to get morning sunlight. So when we talk a lot about cortisol, Becca's talked about melatonin, your cortisol should be high in the morning, it should be low at night. Inverse, your melatonin should be low in the morning, high at night. The best thing that you can do is get outside and get morning sunlight on your eyes, not with sunglasses on. Get outside, get that sun on your eyeballs, uh, go for a short five, 10 minute walk. Um, and that's going to be really, really helpful to stimulating uh, your brain and sending your brain that wake signal. Okay. In the wintertime, fortunately, it's coming soon for us where it's going to be very dark when Becca and I are up at 536 o'clock. Uh, we both have happy lights that we use in our office and there's different levels there, but it's a 10,000 lux uh, light that mimics sunlight. So whether or not, you know, depending upon where you live, you can get uh, morning sunlight. If you can't, then get a happy light. They're like 30, 40 bucks on Amazon and use that first thing in the morning. Um, again, we would recommend going for a, you know a short walk, but also get outside during the day. I love doing a short walk. I just did a short walk before we podcasted. I only had 15 minutes, but hey, it was better than nothing. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. And so I try to do that um, you know, a few times throughout the day to give myself that uh, exposure to the light. And then we would also say, here, obviously, if it's freezing cold outside, you're going to uh, bundle up, but try to get your skin exposed. Uh, you cannot overdose on vitamin D, so don't worry about that. Um, but you want to make sure that you have you know, as much skin exposed to the sun as possible to get that good vitamin D dose as well. Yep. Reducing inflammation in the body. So this is easier said than done. We know that we understand it takes a lot of work intentional work to reduce inflammation. This is something we work on with clients constantly. And inflammation can come from various inputs every day. But typically the top three sources, diet, internal infections in the gut, um, which is why we do a lot of testing with a lot of our clients, because if someone has unknown parasites, pathogens, by the way, parasites can be one of the main causes of insomnia. Um, I shouldn't say main. I should say it can be a cause of insomnia because parasites tend to be very active at night. Um, and so if you find that you are awake every night from 3 to 5 a.m. or whatever it might be, we tend to look at the gut um, because it can be a huge clue for a lot of things. And then external to toxins. So we did a podcast last week on what is toxic in your life that you do not realize and slowly starting to change all of those things and those inputs. Um, so a couple of ways you can reduce inflammation, improving body composition, 
increase muscle mass, decrease body fat. Your muscle is an endocrine organ. It largely influences our hormones. It largely influences our immune system, our body's ability to fight things off. Healthy people with a lot of muscle mass tend to fare better against viruses, against sicknesses. It is just the truth. So trying to make sure you are lifting, increasing muscle mass is huge, exercising daily, moving daily, eating a diet consistently of mostly whole one ingredient unprocessed foods. That is not a diet. That should be a way of life. That should be how you typically eat because it is what your body needs, not because, oh, I felt like a cheeseburger today, so I ate, like a, che I ate a cheeseburger today because I just felt like it. We need to evaluate what our body actually needs and apply those things. You can also take some supplements to help reduce inflammation, but those should be tailored to you and to your body's needs. We aren't going to give any general supplements because, to be honest, there aren't general supplements to reduce inflammation. You have to look to your diet first. You have to look to your lifestyle first. Um, do not take NSAID, NSAIDs consistently like Tylenol, um, ibuprofen, stuff like that. They are very detrimental to the gut long-term. Um, and you can utilize like a fish oil. I will, I guess I should take back what I said about general supplements. Any, a, a quality EPA, DHA, it can be helpful one to two grams a day. Um, but you want a good one. You want a high quality one. Um, and again, I think that everyone should be testing before they're like just blindly supplementing things. Absolutely. And we're going to do a full podcast soon on stomach acid and the importance of stomach acid. But every time you pop those pills, the NASADs, <laughs> uh, you're actually damaging uh, the gut and reducing stomach acid levels, which is no bueno because we need stomach acid. It's very important. Mm -hmm. um, we've already mentioned this a few times uh, throughout the podcast today, but the third thing that you can do is eat protein each meal evenly spaced throughout the day. High fat, high carbohydrate meals typically men to people typically tend to make people tired afterward. Um, and so what you want to do is make sure that you've got an adequate amount of protein. PFF is kind of the slogan that I say, protein, fat, and fiber in your meals, and then eat in that order as well. So fiber, protein, fat, and then you want to hit your carbohydrates. Um, that can impact uh, how your body responds to the carbohydrates and how that uh, hits your bloodstream in terms of timing because you're starting to digest the fiber, the protein, and the fat first, and then the carbohydrates come in and they are there to blunt a big spike in blood glucose levels. So again, if you feel tired or or sluggish or bloated or gassy after meals, look at the balance of your meals, the types of foods that you are consuming and start making some changes there. Uh, if you are somebody who is you know, really hungry at nighttime, um, this can be contributed to a few things. One, you're not eating enough. Two, you're not eating enough protein throughout the day or trying to fast in the morning. And then you know that leaves you feeling like a cookie monster at 9 p.m. So Try to really focus on evenly spaced meals. But if you are still hungry before bed, just because that tends to be the time, maybe you're most active. Becca and I are very active with the kids after work. Her more than I. She's got two, only I'm one. Um, you know, I do get hungrier. Like at nighttime, dinner is my largest meal. Uh, but you could also incorporate like a blood sugar balancing snack again to keep you stable overnight. As I mentioned before, with that fire analogy, you want protein, you want fat primarily here. Um, mm -hmm. Supplements. We're going to be really cautious with what we. You you know, recommend in terms of supplements, because as Becca was saying, there's not really like a, a big list of generalized supplements. Like I think supplements should be individual to you and what's going on and only utilized as necessary because what we are seeing more and more in our practice is that people are coming in with 
laundry list of supplements. I mean, 10, 12, 15 things, random ads that they saw that they ordered things from. And we get it. It's tempting. Like we think that's going to be the thing that helps us, right? Oh, especially when I'm exhausted and I want to sleep, that's going to help my insomnia. You need to be careful. Um, But there are a few things that uh, we will say are fantastic. We love magnesium. I think especially females need to be taking magnesium every day. It's one of the most common deficiencies uh, in humans. And so it can also, depending upon the type of magnesium, be very relaxing and calming and help with your production of GABA, which is that calming neurotransmitter. So we do like uh, magnesium. I I know Becca loves the TriMag. Uh, I like magnesium 300, uh, but you want a blend of magnesium because different types of magnesium, such as magnesium citrate, can actually be more of a laxative effect. Uh, magnesium Calm is a supplement that you can use. Uh, but again, depending upon what's going on with the gut, you want to be cautious with that because it can send you to the loo to poo mm-hmm. when you don't want to. Yep. Ooh, yep. that's a new slogan. I will, <laughs> I will also say erratic eating is not good. So like there's there's research and shows this. Light exposure and temperature are the main cues for the master body clock of circadian rhythm. But for those intestinal and gut microbe circadian rhythms that we talked about, they are mainly influenced by the timing of food intake and composition of the diet. So Again, studies show high fat, high carb diets located or loaded with PUFAs, our least favorite kind, polyunsaturated fats and processed sugars, um, experience profound disruptions in their intestinal and gut microbe circadian rhythms. And those disrupted circadian rhythms altered microbial metabolite production, which led to disorganized gene expression and that led to dysfunctional glucose. So blood sugar issues, developing diabetes, developing all of these issues and obesity. And it found that actually the opposite, a diet low in processed sugars, low in seed oils, low in polyunsaturated fats and rich in what we talked about, EPA, DHA, think fresh fatty fish, salmon a couple times a week, red meat, grass fed, pasture raised and high antioxidants normalizes circadian rhythm. So if you're skipping meals because you're too busy, guess what? You might be, that might be the reason you're not sleeping at night. If you have erratic eating patterns because you don't have a schedule, you don't have structure, or like Liz was saying, you're eating late at night, that can also disrupt intestinal cell and gut microbe circadian rhythms. So you need to make sure you are eating within a consistent window each day and you're eating balanced meals because all of those things are going to play a role. And then just, you know, general sleep hygiene, I would say. I use blue blockers at night um, and honestly, like anytime later in the afternoon or if I'm the com- on the computer a lot during the day. Um, and then I make sure that our house gets colder at night. I make sure that our room is completely dark. Um, and then, you know, I try to stand and get up and move more during the day. A lot of people sit all day long. Your body is restless at night because you have not exerted energy that you need to be exerting during the day. So, there's a lot of things you can easily do. Stop you drinking coffee and caffeine after, you know, 12, 1, 2 p.m. daily. Um, make sure that that is kind of cut off as ca- caffeine has a half-life, obviously, of about eight to nine hours. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot you lot. can do. Yeah. And I would say to take an evaluation of your bedroom. Is it warm and welcoming? Is it cozy? Or is it just a disaster? Because that is definitely something that I think, you know, impacts us more than we think like our environment, how clean our environment is. I know for me, um, I recently went through and like reorganized my office. I decluttered, I got rid of like four garbage bags of stuff and I feel so much more productive. It's a welcoming space for me to come into every day. The same thing with my bedroom, make your bed every morning, 
set your you know environment up to welcome you to come and get restful sleep instead of having it just be like chaos and clothes everywhere obviously in different seasons you know postpartum and things like that or toddler life you'll have some you know things that are there but uh, you know I think try to think about when you go into your bedroom do you feel excited to you know lay in your bed swap out your pillows your mattress right uh, for things that are comfortable and um, you know you're sleeping I think these are things that you should be investing in because you're sleeping on these things every single night what is it like we spent uh, one third of our day in our bedroom basically uh, same thing with your office chair get a good office chair that gives you you know good posture you're spending a third of your day in there so all of those things matter um, and you know give yourself a good nighttime wind down routine I have a routine every night we dim the lights sometimes we'll watch our show if not we go upstairs I've got a pink Himalayan salt uh, lamp and then we'll read I wash my face I get into like more of a chill mode try not to be on your phone late at night as Becca was saying and it takes some work but there's a lot that you can do to support your circadian rhythm and as always if you guys need help you know where to find Liz and Becca info at fitmomlife.com links are in the show notes and we hope you guys have a fabulous Monday we'll see you on Wednesday Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.